Hello, everybody, and welcome to PodQuest episode 355. Hey! Hey! It's Wednesday, June 9th, 2021. I am Chris. With me is Druton. Hello. Walnut. Hi, everyone. How are you guys doing? I'm doing all right. Hey, you know, I'm, uh, I'm mostly recovered from my weekend of work, but I'm... Oh, that's right. You did all your uh, yard work this weekend, right? Yeah, I didn't show you guys pictures. I'll send them later. How uh how bad was it? Because it was fucking hot this weekend. I I was done at one. Um, and that one, seems accurate. One of, one of the guys they kept working till like two thirty, and like I stayed out there with them. But I told him like, look, I started at eight o'clock, and I had a hard stop at one. He's like, it's fine. I find this relaxing. And I stayed out there and talked with him while he was working. It was, we were, was that like a friend or, or my, like you hire somebody? It was my cousin. It was, okay. Yeah, it was all family and friends that came. Oh, okay. But yeah, yeah. and that's. I'll uh, I'll send you guys pictures. It it was nuts. Yeah, I mean, I I was uncomfortable just mowing the lawn on Sunday. <laughs> uh, oh God, I yeah, I couldn't I, imagine. I <laughs> I was going to mow the lawn on Sunday, but all day Saturday after I was done. Plus Sunday, I was walking around like an old man, uh, which is funny because my 83-year-old grandfather came and helped, and he was f- better shape than I was. <laughs> um, I just couldn't move, so I was like, all right, I'll mow the lawn this weekend. And it was supposed to be bad all week, but now it's actually turning out to be pretty good this weekend. Yeah, like the, we were supposed to get way more rain this week than we mm-hmm. actually have, which I'm not complaining about. But No, mm-hmm. it's, it's going to be nice as long as it stands for... Friday, it's supposed to stay within the 70s, and that's when I, I have off Friday, um, so I plan on doing a lot of this stuff then. Oh, that's, that makes sense. Like, go out when it's still relatively cool, yeah. as far as cool goes. Yeah. Mow the yard and... Do, do any other... I still have a ton of work. Uh, that's, that's, that's all. That's really it about that. All right. Well, Rich. Yeah. What is on the docket for today? All right. So today we are going to get into a quick discussion about the ending of Critical Role Campaign 2. Uh, Druton, you actually watched Terminator 1 and 2 in preparation for our book club in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, Cobb, you uh, saw The Conjuring um, and The King of Staten Island, which I was interested in The King of Staten Island. Kind of. I don't really like him, though. Uh, Fair. Uh, uh, then I watched the series finale of Kim's Convenience that dropped on Netflix. We'll talk about some uh, pre-E3 hopes. And Cobb, you've got a question. I do. And I'm going to throw this out real quick because I forgot to mention it to you guys ahead of time. Um, if anyone listening would like to submit show topics that we may talk about and vote on, uh, go check out our Patreon. Patreon.com slash OneQuest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, uh, Rich, how was the end of Critical Role Campaign 2? So, it wasn't it wasn't as emotional, or I didn't get as emotional as I was expecting. I, it felt kind of a little off-brand for them, uh, and, and kind of rushed. Like, I, I, I kind of understand why they're doing it. It's a change of times, uh, just get new characters out. But, like, there's just, there are so many situations that, like, uh, I, I'll start kind of from the beginning. But the, the show starts, they, they, re, they teleport back to their, basically one of their homes. And they're like, all right, we're just going to take a week off. And then out of nowhere, uh, the next day, one of the big bads of the storyline, of one of the open storylines just happens to show up and fight them. And, like, it kind of makes sense that they knew they were there because they didn't have amulets set up when they landed there. But it's still, like, that felt kind of rushed. And then they get, uh, they, they basically spend the first, 
or yeah, the first five hours of the show dealing with that immediate issue, as well as getting ready to say their goodbyes. And then the next two hours or so was everyone's, what do you want to do, basically? And so he would go to each of the characters, like, what, what, what do they have in mind? What do they want to do? And so they would be like, all right, well, we want to do this and that. And he's like, all right, well, some of it's going to be role play. Some of it, there might be encounter based. Some of it might have roles in it. But it, for the most part, there was just like some really good role play opportunities and even gameplay opportunities that just, they just didn't do because like they, they wanted to end this in this session. They wanted to make sure it was done in this session. Like Ford went, uh, and spoke with his former captain out on the ocean. They took their boat and went and spoke to the former captain, um, on an island, on like a deserted island. And there was like, they could have, Mercer could have like thought up a, an encounter with pirates or they could have, um, I don't know. They, they, they fought a dragon turtle earlier on in the series and that dragon turtle could have came back. And, like, it would have been a recurring thing, because that dragon turtle was kind of still mad at them. But they just... He okay. Was, yeah, but he was just like, alright, you guys make it to the island, and he's there, and and they have their talk, and that's it. Or Yasha wanted to go find the grave of her, of her uh, dead wife, and, like, talk to her, basically. Give her, like, some books, or give her some flower, pressed flowers, and... And stuff like that. And so her and Bo went, found her old barbarian tribe. There was a small little, like, roleplay scenario there. And then they went and found her grave. And But it's like, there could have been more to this. Like, like he's he basically was giving everyone what they wanted. And to me, I'm just like, that's kind of, kind of a cop-out. Like, I don't know. I just, it, it was like, there were some emotional parts. But it wasn't when I was expecting to get emotional. And like, okay. yeah, I just, I get the slight feeling somebody's leaving the show, especially what? since like at the very end, as, as Mercer was like, like doing his, his epilogue and like, he was like saying it's a tale of nine friends who became, or seven friends who became eight, who became nine, uh, uh, who became heroes that no one knows and something like that. And then he starts to get emotional and starts to actually cry and is like, tells everyone at the table, I love you guys. And I'm just like, I don't, like, I understand you guys have lived with these characters, but I have also lived with these characters for two years, three years. And I'm, I'm a viewer and I'm just like, okay, but it's like, you, you guys are just, I don't, I don't know. It just felt rushed and felt just forced. So it felt rushed, even though it was like seven hours long. But like I said, the first, the first three and a half hours was them dealing with the fight with the, um, with a villain from somebody's backstory. Oh, true, true. So the first three hours, most of the first three hours was combat. Maybe an hour and a half of the first three hours was combat. And then they went to break, and then came back. And basically, they were like, alright, we're gonna sit around for a week. And over the course of that week, they just say what they did for a week. And it's like, that's fine. It's, it's like, that's roleplay. But it's like, alright, at the end of the, and like, but like, everything seemed to happen and work the way they wanted it. Like, two of the enemies they fought in that combat left, and then decided to come back a few days later to tell their story. To Bo, who was noting it down, she basically is uh, essentially a detective, or like, she's like, 
I don't know. I guess you could call her part of the like the FBI essentially, and she has just jurisdiction of this entire country and can just run her own like investigations. And so she knew the plot of this bad guy that they defeated and held captive and just held him captive for a week while they just did whatever the fuck they wanted. Um, and took these people's notes down after they left and came back two, three days later. I'm like, would those people really have come back though? Why would they actually have just left? Like, why wouldn't they have just stayed if they knew that they were going to give their information? It's just like, I don't know. It felt off. And to me, it felt it like... It does seem a little weird. Yeah, and to me, it felt like they they had a, a set endpoint for, like, maybe they always knew that they were going to go two and a half years or whatever, and after the two and a half years, they're done. Or maybe, uh, and this, this, this sounds stupid, but it could be, maybe D&D Beyond doesn't want to sponsor them anymore. And... D&D Beyond was a sponsor for the entire campaign, so once they end their sponsorship, they maybe have to end the campaign? Like, as, as dumb as that sounds, it could be something. Like, they are a business. So if it's a sponsorship reason, I could kind of understand that, but, like, I, I don't know. It just, it didn't hit me the way I thought. It was decent, but, like, season one was, like, much better. Because, like, everyone, when they did their whole, like, what do you want to do thing... At the end of it, it was like they all stayed together, became family. Like they didn't go on big adventures. The big, the biggest railroad that Matt did was Travis. Travis's character Grog was like, "I'm going to take three cards out of the deck, um, the deck of many things." And one of them was the card. I think it's called the Oblivion card, which sends his soul to the the realm of oblivion, and his body is left laying there. So he was like okay, you drew this card, here's what happens, you guys are level 20, you're easily going to be able to t deal with this. We'll deal with it and say that you did it, um, but we'll do that in a one-shot or something, who knows? Like, he's just like, you guys complete the task somehow, and, and you're back, what else do you want to do? And then Grog's like, I want to stay with my friends and this and that, and like, everyone wasn't as like grand of a thing as like, at the end of this season, Liam with, with Caleb's like, I want to go back to where we just were and explore this room. Back to this place where magic goes crazy and I'm a magic user and there's a lot of things that like eat magic and survive to look at this one room. And I'm only two level, one level, two levels higher than I was at that point. So I'm not really that much stronger. And he's like, alright, you do it. It takes a while, but you do it. And I'm like, come on, like, this, I don't know, it just didn't feel right. Huh. I want, well, so I mentioned to you yesterday, I sent you, like, a, a link to a tweet where mm -hmm. they're having some sort of, like, state of critical role stream tomorrow in place of, like, the normal show. No, no, it's tomorrow morning. Uh, at oh. nine in the morning. They, they announced it during last week's episode. Uh, and the state of the role is something that they've done from time to time just to, like, they did it um, when they became their own company, they did it when they were working on the Kickstarter. They did it when they, um, went to, when they took their COVID break. Like, it's something that they've done from time to time to talk about things. Um, and like, they even announced, we're not ready yet to discuss campaign three, but we have a lot of big things in the works and our crew has been working on a lot of things. Okay. So, well, the, when I saw that tweet, cause like, I didn't really look into it from there, but mm -hmm. like with what you had said in the chat like a few days ago about wondering if somebody is like leaving or something like that i that just seemed like 
I don't know. That that just seemed like a thing that like threw a flag to me. Just yeah. not following them normally. It's like, oh well, if they're doing something like this, like they might be like talking about, you know, people are leaving yeah. or a new person's coming in or something like that. Like, yeah, which maybe if, maybe Matt's not going to DM. And if Matt does, like, I hope, it, like, if Matt decides not to DM, like, he's a great DM and that does suck, but it does take a lot of work to DM, and I understand. Like, maybe maybe they'll have like a, a an, an on staff DM, and that's all that person's job is instead of. Being like one of the well, one of the highest known voice actors in the realm of voice acting, but like, I, yeah, I don't know. I I got the sense it might have been a Mercer thing because like with his crying of like I love you guys at the end, like and like during the show, Sam took off his sweater and was wearing a shirt with Matt's face on it. What she had done throughout every every campaign, both campaigns, and everyone looked and was like, oh my god! And Sam turns around, and he's like. One more for the road, which could just be like, oh, it's the last episode of the campaign. I got to do it. But or, also it could be him stepping away or, or something or, like or that. Or it could be Regal stepping away or it could be Matt stepping away or at least for a while. Like, I don't know. It's, but like, it's just it's you, you might find out tomorrow. Yeah, I, I, I will definitely find out tomorrow. Um, It's just it's going to be it's going to be a bummer if I do find out that like one of the main cast is leaving. But like. Life gets ahead of you. Sometimes you can't play a weekly D&D game. Maybe Matt got a big role in something and he can't dedicate the time to DM for a while, which is why they're taking a full-on break. Um, That's true. Who knows? Well, I'll find out tomorrow. But yeah, it was it was fine. It just felt rushed and felt, in my opinion, kind of poorly done. Man, that's those are some harsh words. <laughs> yeah. I, I, Drew, like, you, you play D&D like... You haven't watched it, but just like hearing from what I have to say, like, what would you think about it? Like, I, I mean, it's incredibly hard for me to judge without personally really knowing anything. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I understand why the reasons you said it felt disappointing made it feel disappointing to you, but I really, I, like, I, I can't comment on what they did and why they did anything. It, Thing, any things the way they did them, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Have you ever dipped in the Critical Role stuff, or have you stayed pretty clear of it? Um, I, nah, I haven't really dipped into, like, the Critical Role stuff proper. I watched their Diablo thing they did, because that was pretty consumable. It was an hour and a half or something like that. Yeah, I, I mean, four, how long it was. It wasn't very four hours long. an episode is a lot. Yeah, and, like, I'm interested, because I, I, I like actual play stuff. But well, I'll be right back. Guys. Every time I've remembered about it, it's already been like 80 episodes into a campaign. And I'm like, I'm not. That's way too much time for me to go back and try to catch up. That's fair. Sorry, the dogs are barking. So I muted myself and they're still barking. <laughs> I'm going to just mute myself again for a sec. Okay. Sorry, I'm back. All right. I I also think the dogs have stopped barking. I, I have a feeling somebody was knocking on the door or something. I heard uh, I thought I heard uh, Jensen putting water into a pot and i thought like maybe a hose was busted in the shirt and like i didn't know she was in there the lights off i didn't know she was in there so i thought like a hose busted somewhere or something like what the fuck is that that's uh, you know what i i heard the spraying too and i just assumed she was like doing dishes or something like that Mm -hmm. um but drew um outside of like the D &D stuff how was terminator one and two for the first time okay so i've seen at least i'm pretty sure i had seen all of terminator but it's been forever I know I had never seen Terminator 1. They were really good. I mean, 
with the slight exception of time travel stuff gets weird and it's like okay but sure whatever i'm just gonna gloss over the time travel anything and any implications that all has whatever like i don't know they were definitely entertaining i i'm not sure which one i liked more okay that's that that's that's surprising because most people like immediately lean towards two as the one that they prefer i I mean like they're different though yeah like one's almost like one more skews kind of towards a horror movie Mm -hmm. than like your pure action blow shit up movie like two is yeah and i think i think it's also people have seen two a lot more than they've seen one yeah when we were younger like 10 years ago 15 years ago two was on tv all the fucking time but terminator Mm -hmm. one wasn't on tv as often no yeah it's a fucking way more hard r-rated movie yeah yeah because like i've i've actually only seen terminator one a handful of times like I've seen it recently enough in the last probably, like, five or seven years, something like that, that, like, I remember it, and, like, I know, like, the key parts of it, Mm -hmm. but, like, I have seen Terminator 2 so many times that, like, I know that movie front to back. I've seen the end of Terminator 1, that's pretty much it, when, like, she's trying to crawl away from the Terminator and crushes his head, Mm -hmm. and then gets in the car, starts driving away, and she touches, um, that's all I've seen of Terminator 1, (laughs) and that's honestly, I feel like that's all I need to see. Not saying it's bad, but it's just saying I got the whole gist of it because I've seen Terminator 2. You know what? The, like, what would it be? Six, seven, eight? The, like, eight-ish years between the two movies? Mm-hmm. Um, special effects came a fucking long way. They sure <laughs> fucking do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, fucking... In Terminator 1, it goes back and forth, especially once the, in that end part where all the flesh has come off uh, the Terminator, and he's just the robot skeleton. And it, it's like the claymation-y, like... Uh, yeah. Ter- it goes like, back and f- forth between looking cool and then, yeah, looking like that weird claymation shit. Like, it's like, it reminds me of um the Ed 309 from the end of Robocop, where, like, yeah, it's like yeah. a puppet and it's stop motion, so, like, uh-huh. it's just very janky and jittery. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and, like, there were times I laughed at, like, because literally, we go from one... One camera angle of him chasing Sarah Connor and look fine, and then all of a sudden it changed camera angles, and now it's that stop motiony looking shit. And it's like, oh my, why? Why did that happen? Yeah, that and, that's and a dark movie. <laughs> oh yeah, way way darker than Terminator yeah. Two. What, what about? And then you get to T Two and the fucking T One Thousand animation that looks fucking amazing. Oh yeah, when he melts like, through the fucking bars in that like in the um the prison asylum thing, whatever mm-hmm. Sarah Connor's in. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And Robert Patrick was really good in that role. Oh yeah. That's I, my, my favorite scene in T2 is the, the, the nuke explosion. And then just the fucking skeleton attached to the, uh, to the, to the gate. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's a lot of good, good scenes in that movie. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. They're, they're just, uh, they're, they're, they're good movies. Uh, I, I, I do want to say, uh, you commented on like, Time travel, how it gets weird. Honestly, in my opinion, time travel is done pretty damn well in those movies. Like, there, it's it's done better than Endgame. <laughs> uh, but Endgame has its own kind of attempt of uh, time travel. That, but like, they 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 don't like. You guys know that I'm a uh, very like. There's rules for time travel, and you have to follow them type of person. And like, by sending back somebody from the future to the past, like they they. 
I, I feel like they do it well enough that, like, it doesn't really break anything until you get to Terminator 5 and 6 and 7. Well, like, so Terminator 3 is very much just a poor copy of Terminator 2. Mm-hmm. Like, it's another new robot comes back, the TX, that is kind of like the next stage of the T-1000. Like, mm-hmm. rather than it being liquid metal, it could just, like, manipulate its body however it wanted. Yeah, it, um, she was supposed to be a combination between the two, I think is yeah, what it and, was. But, like, it was still Arnold. It was just, rather than it being a, a kid, it was the adult John Connor, who mm-hmm. was a fucking train wreck. Sarah yeah. Connor was dead. Like... Yeah, it's because he was he was raised by Sarah Connor, who everyone looked at her as crazy because, she, like, she was like the end of the world is gonna happen, and it, like raised her son to stop the end of the world because he, she knew it was gonna happen and he was gonna be a general. Yeah, and the fact that like even after they thought they stopped Judgment Day in two, like he's like she still raised him that way is kind of like all right, sure, why the yeah. fuck not. I mean, I guess time travel's a thing, so you gotta be, be prepared, but... But, like, that's the thing. If if they actually did stop Judgment Day, you wouldn't have to worry about time travel, because nothing would be able to come back and stop you, because they stopped it already. Once you get beyond right. the point of stopping Judgment Day, there should never be a Judgment Day, so, like... Yeah, they're, they're, the way that they but, work uh, it the- in is it's just, they can't, you can't stop Judgment Day, they just delay it. Yeah. So, like, every time they do it, like, in Genesis, the most recent movie... Uh, or the second most recent one, Dark Fate's the most recent one. Um, they end up time traveling to like 2014 or 15, whenever that movie came out, mm-hmm. and that is present day. Judgment Day never happened in '97, like it was originally yeah. supposed to. But like that movie just basically sets up. It's like, oh no, Judgment Day's still coming. It's just a little further out now. And Sarah Connor is younger in that one than she is in so, friggin' the original Terminator. No, no, but so that so. Because what happens in, in, in Genesis, spoilers for Genesis, um, it opens up with, like, Kyle Reese, basically, like, like, at the beginning of Terminator 1, being sent back to 1984 to find Sarah. Um, when he gets there, somebody already went back to get Sarah, and it was Arnold as, like, the good T-800. Mm-hmm. Um, and he raised her as a, like, from a child up. So she was already, like equipped to deal with this shit in 1984 where as like drew just saw in the original terminator she was not yeah no, um not at all like she went from like woman that needs saving in terminator to fucking is going to kill everybody in terminator 2 but mm-hmm. they just kind of got rid of her terminator 1 persona in genesis and then Kyle and Sarah end up time traveling to like like I said 2015 from 84. Oh. So that's why in 2015 she is still just like a 28 year old. Okay, okay. Uh well, she's 19 in the original movie. Oh shit, is she really that young? According to the Wikipedia. Wow. Anyway. Yeah, she's supposed to be 19. Yeah, so and then um the reason so they did that um and then they left the T-800 Arnold behind so that when they got to 2015, he still existed, but he was old because his flesh actually ages. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was not a great movie. I just... Well, <laughs> and so the thing that kind of gets me about the time travel, especially in Terminator 1, is so Kyle Reese gets sent back to protect Sarah Connor because he knows John Connor, who... But John Connor won't exist 
without Kyle Reese going back into the past and getting Sarah Connor pregnant. Mm-hmm. Yep, and Kyle doesn't know that he is John's dad. Yeah. And he is technically older than John. Or, or I'm sorry, that and John is older than him in, in his timeline, I should say. Um, there is a better... Again, not a good movie, but Terminator Salvation actually has time to sort of um, develop that relationship a little bit more than any of the other movies. Yeah. Um, because it takes place post-Judgment Day. Um, it follows Kyle Reese, who I believe in that movie was Anton Yelchin before he passed away. And um, who was the the, the dude from Christian Avatar? Bale. Like the No, I mean, Christian Bale's in it, but like the main Avatar guy. Um, he was in like a bunch of stuff when Avatar came out and then just wasn't in anything after that. I forget. But that guy plays, uh, like, is, like, the star of that movie. Um, and he's just a new character. But you kind of get to, around him, see the relationship of Kyle and John before Kyle goes back. Sam Worthington. There you go. Yes, yeah, that guy. that guy. And, yes, Anton Yelchin was Kyle Reese. Man, look at me remembering shit from 2009. Oh, Helena Bonham Carter was in that as well. Yeah, she was. Didn't she play the, like, Sarah Connor? Or something like that? Or am I making that up? Serena Corgan. Okay, no, that's not what I, I thought. I don't know who that is. I saw that movie once. That I didn't think that movie was that terrible. Um, But also, it's been a while since I've watched it. And I just thought the CG and shit was... And, like, the actual robots. Wait, which one? Salvation. From what I've heard, it's not a bad movie, but it's a bad Terminator movie. Mm-hmm. That's exactly it. Because it, it, it has nothing to do with the time travel stuff that the other ones do. So it's not like a Terminator going back to try and stop um, Sarah Connor from, or John Connor from existing. It's, everything is post-Judgment Day. Um, and yeah, like, as a movie, it's fine. As a Terminator movie, it's still just kind of like meh. And they, that was in the era where Arnold was the governor. And wasn't doing movies. Mm -hmm. So they kind of like ham fisted him into it by putting like his digital face over like the current Mr. Universe's body or something like that. (laughs) And it looked really bad. Yeah. What was the original Terminator? Rise of the Machines. Was it Rise of the Machines? Yep. And that Mm -hmm. was in 2003? Yep. And it had Claire Danes. Jesus Christ. I didn't realize it was that young, but. Yeah, well, I mean, there was like a decade between two and three, and then six years between three and Salvation. But for whatever reason, like, and I mean, I, I mean, it all has to do with with time. But two and three to me right now feel closer together than three and Salvation. Like, Salvation feels so much more recent than three does. If that makes sense. Uh, well, it's six years between Rise and Salvation. Yeah, but like in my head, it's like those movies feel decades apart and mm-hmm. salvation feels like it was just a couple of years ago not over a decade ago oh yeah okay yeah i i, I can see what you're saying yeah okay. it's um yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's probably because of the type of movie it is it's it was so much different it was a post-apocalyptic thing instead of prevention of the apocalypse and like they were able to make it a, a like do its own thing and not make it like a, a time thing and also that was the era where like Christian Bale was Batman so he was super big at the time mm-hmm. and that was the movie with the recording of him the, the freaking rant. the fuck yeah, out at somebody. Yeah. yeah. Um but yeah. Um I might I might I, try I might try to watch more. Where did you watch 1 and 2? Um 1 is like all over the place to be able to watch. Um the fuck did I actually watch it on Hulu, I think? And then two, actually, my friend let me use her voodoo to watch it. But it's also on YouTube TV, but it had ads mm-hmm. and I think and edited a bunch of stuff out. Yeah. 
It, it does look. Um, it looks like the original Terminator is also available on Amazon Prime. Oh no! Yes, that's where I watched it. Was Amazon Prime? Yeah, I, I saw on on there it was premium. It's a premium subscription, so I wasn't sure if that was like no. It, it, yeah, it's free if you have Amazon Prime. Like I almost just rented two for the four dollars, but my friend was like, "No, watch it there." Yeah, and like it, it's four dollars on Amazon Prime as well as like everything else. Um. It's available. It's available as part of AMC Plus, Directv, and Fuba. Fuba. Mm-hmm. I've never heard of Fuba. Fubo. Fu- I don't know. Fu- I think it's Fubo. Fu- yeah, I think I know. But yeah, there there are places to watch that movie online. Mm-hmm. Um. I, now, Drew, are you interested now in seeing Dark Fate or knowing how bad the movies in between are? Are you kind of like, man, I kind of wish I was just stopping at the one that was good. <laughs> um. Uh. Indifferent either way. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, at least at least watching a, at least you're not watching the other three really bad ones. Yeah. Um. So I watched. I ended up watching two movies this past week. Mm-hmm. Um. On fr- or on Saturday, we watched The Conjuring. The Devil Made Me Do It, which is the newest one of those movies. Mm-hmm. Um. It just came out on Friday. Um. It it, it was one of the direct to HBO Max movies. Yeah. Uh it's not good. It was a huge fucking disappointment. I know nothing. You've talked about The Conjuring a lot on this podcast over the however many years, and I still know nothing about it because it's just, I don't, as much as I don't mind horror movies and shit, I don't watch them by myself. And yeah, and, uh, the, for the last year at least, that's the only way to watch movies. Yeah. Um. So the first two Conjuring movies were actually pretty good. The first one was much better than the second in my opinion, but the second one was still interesting and, and, and engaging. Mm-hmm. Um, they follow Ed and Lorraine Warren in the seventies through yeah seventies through the eighties because this newest one was it was the early eighties. Um, who are basically the two most prominent like paranormal researchers of all time. Um, they are they were like the people that did the original um Amityville investigation after all of that shit. And so they're two real people. Um, Lorraine Warren actually just passed away. I think like two years ago, um, and Ed had passed away back in, like, the mid-2000s, but um, she was, she claimed to be slightly clairvoyant, and he was just a self-taught um, demonologist, as he put it, and each movie is basically a, a retelling of one of their more prominent cases. The first two ones were good. Um, they were two cases, kind of based on, like, two families. They took place at the family homes, so it was very just, um, I can't think of the word for it, restricted to like a like a single location so they got to build build suspense yeah, with that it's, it's easier to build suspense when you're not going anywhere you can show the little easter eggs all over the place and like have the the dark lighting and the creepy tones throughout the entire thing like it it, it works when you're in a singular. exactly and like they've had all their they've had a bunch of spin-off movies too there was like uh, there, there's like three annabelle movies two of them are actually quite good the first one was not mm-hmm. um and like, there's a few other ones that are like different levels of of good, but this one is based. So the devil made me do it is actually based on the real life trial in the early '80s of the guy who killed his girlfriend's landlord, and then his defense was the devil made me do it. He was possessed. Okay. Um, okay. And so it starts out where Ed and Lorraine are trying to help a family with a child who is possessed, and like. They go through, like, the the exorcism and everything like that. And, like, that part of it's actually – it's very fake, but it's at least still, like, engaging. 
Um, and then from there, it's like the 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 guy who who goes on trial ends up getting possessed himself and kills the guy. But like the whole movie is just he is in prison dealing with being slightly possessed still. And Ed and Lorraine are just like traveling around talking to different people, and it's just they keep inter- they introduce a lot of people that don't really add anything to the story. The like quote unquote villain of the movie not interesting at all. The outcome was very just lackluster to say the least and like every other one of them it felt like there was you could look at it and be like okay i can see how this could have happened in real life and this one it's just like yeah sure i totally get how the first part happened where he ends up on trial but everything else seems completely made up yeah and it kind of seems like pointless as well like why did they go do all this stuff yeah exactly and it, it was really just that was one of their very large cases because it made national news because this guy was on trial for like uh, and his defense was possession but rather than trying to focus on that aspect of it they focused on them just trying to get to the bottom of basically like how this possession happened and that's where it just it wasn't interesting yeah and it's a bummer cuz like i said like the first two con like straight conjuring movies very good um annabelle creation and annabelle comes home were the were two more of the more recent ones those were both incredibly good um, at least as far as like horror movies go, and then this one was just like I was bored by the end. Um, never want to be bored when you're watching a movie. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, thank God this was a movie that we didn't have to go to the theater to see. Yeah, because like honestly, like most of these we've gone to the theaters because most like out of like let's say they have seven movies out right now, out of seven of not including this one, like two of them were just not very interesting. And like that's not bad. Like five out of seven is is you know pretty good run. Yeah. That's, but, I mean, that's, yeah, that, that that's a bummer that, like, it's just, from what it hears, and, like, you might not be doing it too much justice, you might have just been that bored, but from what it sounds like, it's like, alright, half the movie, great, oh, man, and the other half, and, like, it, it's just that, that, like, for a film series as, like, highly regarded as the Conjuring series, y- you don't want to go, you don't want to be bored, like, like, like you both said. Like, yeah, being, exactly. Especially at the end, like... It's fine if, like, for 10, 15 minutes, somewhere in the middle, it's, like, maybe a little slow. Maybe, like, there's not a lot happening. Give me that pee break or something. But, like, no, I don't want to be bored for half the fucking minute. Exactly. And this was very much a, the first, let's say, 20 minutes, half hour, if that were good. Because that was, like, the possession and, like, the murder and all that stuff. And then as soon as, like, the murder was done and the trial, like, and the, they convinced the lawyer to say he was possessed... That's where, like, it just lost all momentum and anything that kind of, like, made you want to see what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the, on the flip side of that, I also watched The King of Staten Island, which is also on HBO Max. Um, that was actually a really good movie. It, that's It's not full-on comedy, right? But it's, like... It's it's definitely a dramedy. Yeah. Um, it's got a very good cast. Um, I honestly don't know the... I can't remember his name either. The main The main guy in it, he's been in some stuff. I don't know him from anything, though. He's he's big on big in SNL. Uh, yeah, which I, uh, I don't watch SNL. So the Pete Davidson. That's his yes, name. Yeah, him. Um, okay. It's a it's apparently it's a semi auto autobiographical thing. Um, f- like f- of him, and uh, it's a it's a Judd Apatow movie also. So it's kind of you know like it it has his sort of like mixture of comedy drama. Um, but it's got like Marissa Tomei and Bill Burr and Steve Buscemi and shit in it. Like, it's got a good cast. It's uh, um, it, it's a Judd Apatow movie as well. 
Yeah, that's he, what I just said. Literally okay. just said I, that. I was googling it and I saw that. I guess his. <laughs> I get. I was googling it and reading through some of the cast, and I guess like his wife or daughter Maud is in it. So like I, I was like, oh, I wonder if it's Judd. So I wasn't really paying attention, but I was. There was good reason for Fine. why I wasn't paying attention. Fine, but yeah, his his. I believe it's his oldest daughter plays um the main character's um younger sister. Yeah, and basically he's he's kind of like like a burnout like. He basically spends all day just getting high with his friends and being just useless. Um, but he wants to be a tattoo artist, but he's very inconsistent. Um, like they show a bunch of like the tattoos that his friends have let him do to them. And like a lot of them just aren't very good, especially anything that involves like a face. But then like other times, like you see his drawings and his tattoos and like they actually look pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the, the whole movie is basically, it's definitely framed around him kind of like learning to be an adult as like a mid 20s something. Yeah. Um but his mom starts dating Bill Burr who is a firefighter. His dad used to be a firefighter but passed away when he was 7, I think they said. Um and he does not like Bill Burr's character at all cuz his mom hasn't dated since his dad died. Mm-hmm. And Bill Burr's character kind of a douchebag, but like in that like Staten Island like firefighter way. I mean, like that's... he's just he doesn't take shit. So just Bill Burr. <laughs> yeah, I mean, actually, yeah, yeah, that's that is true, um, and it it just it's basically like the the movie really gets good when he ends up having to essentially live at the firehouse with Bill Burr mm-hmm. and like the other firefighters, including Steve Buscemi. Yeah, um, it's it's a fairly long movie though; it's a little over two hours, which I didn't realize how long it was going to be, but. It never really, it never dragged. Like I never, I never looked at him like, oh god, is this movie going to be over soon? Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Yeah, there. It's got a lot of just like funny one-liners and stuff like that. Um, especially when he is with his friends who are just like busting on him and like they're busting on each other a lot. Yeah. Um, like the one guy, like when he's asking if he can tattoo anybody, the one guy's like, no, no, look at Obama. That's not right. I can't. I'm not black anymore because of this. Like stuff like that was very funny. Mm-hmm. Um. And yeah, it was, it's definitely worth watching if yeah. you have the time to like, if you had like the two hours to spend on it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a shame because I, I have heard it from other people. It's a, it's, it's a good movie, but two people who I don't like their comedy styles are in this movie and I, I have zero interest in watching it. I, Who's I, the other person? I don't enjoy, uh, 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 Bill Burr. I don't like his comedy. Like, I don't really find him all that funny. Um, he's one of those shock value kind of comedians. I'm just like, I don't care. And yeah, Pete Davidson. I just, I've never really found him funny. Either. That's fair. So like, I don't really, know, I, I honestly don't really know either of their comedy all that well. Mm-hmm. Um, like I only know Bill Burr from like the stuff I've seen him in. Like, like he was in Mandalorian. Um, but like, I thought they, they were actually both really good in it. And like when they were being funny, it was funny when they were being serious. It was serious. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Like, this, it's a well done script. You might like it, but again, it's like a two hour movie. So I, I, you know. I, I like Apatow movies. I really like Apatow movies. So like, I, I probably will like it. It's just I need to get over the hurdle of the main character is a comedian I don't like, and one of the se- one of the secondary characters is a comedian I don't like. I'd say if you have some time, like throw it on and maybe like watch like the first like half hour of it, mm-hmm. and if they're just completely turning you off, like. Just stop. No reason yeah. to finish it. Yeah. And it, it's on HBO Max, so it's not like you have to pay extra for it. Yeah, true. Mm-hmm. Now, Rich, you watched the, the final season of Kim's Convenience. Yeah, and uh, I'm going to say it again. It was kind of a bummer of a finale. 
Man, you're just down on endings this week. Well, this one, like, it, again, it, it ended abruptly. It ended because the writer, one of the lead writers left, and the other writer didn't know what to do with it, so they just ended it. It's not like they actually wrote an ending to the series. They just, like, the show, and the show didn't get canceled. They just didn't know where to go after the lead writer left. So they're just like, all right, we're done. And it's just, it's kind of a bummer to me. Like, the, 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 the season ended with, like, a nice sweet moment, but, like, so many things left up in the air that they could have, like, done with it. And, like, I, like, it, it, it's a good show. It's a wholesome show. It's a comedy. It's funny. Like, like, my mom enjoys it. I got my mom into one. That's like, what is it about? I've, I've heard the name a million times. I have no idea what it's about, though. Uh, so it is, uh, Korean, um, Korean Canadian, uh, immigrants. So they, they live in Toronto. They're from Korea. They, uh, they emigrated to Korea in like the 80s or 90s and opened up a, uh, convenience store. Um, and then they had two kids. And it's basically about Mr. Kim and his wife running their convenience store and their kids' lives and like, a couple of other characters within their in their life and like uh mr kim and his son jung who is a uh, simo lu who plays um shang chi uh he, he they they butt heads and they don't get along because he used to be like kind of like i guess a street rat kind of kid in gangs doing drugs shit like that and so like they they never got along kicked him out of the house but he's like he's trying to become a good citizen and then uh they're daughter i can't remember her name um janet she's like she's going to school for photography and just trying to become an adult and learn her place in the world and then it's mr and mrs kim and their convenience store and just the silly things the older generation gets into like it's 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 a it's a nice wholesome funny show um that like i mean you they could have they they could have had just they could have done whatever they wanted next season but they just, they were like, yeah, we don't know what to do. So we're just going to, we're going to end it. Which is a bummer. It is because it is, it's, it's, it's a, like, it's a Canadian show. So they, I guess they tend to have shorter seasons because for us, it would be a mid season show, not even a full season, like 13 episodes, um, half hour episodes too. It is a very quick watch. I've watched it about three times since I just, dis- since I discovered it this past summer or last summer, like. I've watched it like three or four times. I watched it all in like a weekend when I first started watching it. Um, it's just, yeah, it, it is, it is a bummer that they just turned around and were like, all right, it's done because we don't know. We don't know what to do. And like, uh, Inez Cho, I believe that's how you pronounce their name. Uh, they, they, they wrote the, um, they wrote the screenplay or the, uh, not screen, the, the, uh, the stage play because it was originally a stage show that played in Canada for a few years and then it got adapted to, um, to TV. And both, uh, Mr. Kim and Mrs. Kim were in both the stage play and the TV show. Oh, that's cool. And, and the, the dad is the one X-Wing pilot, right? Yeah. From, is, from Mandalorian? Yeah. He's the X-Wing pilot from the Mandalorian. And I think he's something else in, he's someone else in something else. I can't remember what though. He had one of those faces where when I saw him in the Mandalorian, I recognized him from other things too. Yeah. Yeah. He's, um, but like, and it's, he's awesome because he's like he's all super nerd and everything. Uh, so he was he was excited to be uh in the Mandalorian and a part of Star Wars. He's excited for uh, uh Simu Liu to be in um in Shang Chi. I can't remember his name. The the actor. Uh, 
Paul Sun Hun Lee? Yes. Yes. The picture it has for him on on the on the uh, on the search window was wrong. Let's that see. happens a lot. I've noticed. Yeah. Uh, apparently he was in. Let's see. Um, actually, it's in Rainbow Six of Vegas one and two. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. He's Bakugan. He is a voice. He play. He's a voice actor in Bakugan. I was gonna say, wait, he is Bakugan? No, he's. I don't a voice even know what that means. It's 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 an animation. No, I know that. Uh, let's see. Yeah, he wasn't really in much of anything else that I think you would have ever watched besides the main. Degrassi: The Next Generation. Oh, I definitely <laughs> saw him in that then. Like I've I've seen most of Degrassi: The Next Generation. Yeah. Have you really? Yeah. Uh, he was in uh, season five. What year would season five have been? Actually, main role, five seasons. He was in five seasons. Uh, uh, best actor in a comedy series, fifth, sixth, and eighth season. Oh, no. Okay, that's, yeah, that's Kim's convenience. That, I'm stupid. That's Kim's convenience. That's not Degrassi. Degrassi's right above that, and he was in six episodes, not five seasons. Does it say, like, what year he was in it, though? No, it just says six episodes. 2010 to 2011? I'm looking on Wiki, though. Unless that's only when... Yeah, yeah, so it was 2010. Okay, no, that that was probably after, after I stopped watching it then. Because so I watched it probably from... I saw most of it from, like, season one in 2001 till, like, 2008, 2009. Okay, yeah, he would have been 10. Oh, wow, that show went much longer than I realized. I didn't realize it went till 2015. But I think it was one of those shows where, like, they, they just cycled in, out most of the actors at a certain point. Probably. But yeah, that's where Drake is from. Drake was the was the kid in the wheelchair in Degrassi, whose name I just can't fucking remember now. God damn. I used to know a bunch of the characters' names, and now I can't remember any of them. Uh, he was in a movie Jimmy called... Brooks. He was in a movie called <laughs> P2. Um, oh, was that the parking lot movie? Yes. He played Man in Elevator. <laughs> nice. So it was a big role. Oh, huge role. He, he got... He got... He had a three-name title, three-word title. He was, he was a huge role. Uh, yeah, I guess he wasn't in as much as I thought he was besides The Mandalorian. Yeah, I definitely thought that I had seen him in more things, but apparently I had not. Uh, it looks like he does a lot of voice roles. Yeah, he definitely has has a bunch of those, and a lot of just, like, episodes here and there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so it's, it was like, it was a letdown of a finale, finding out, like, that, oh, they just ended it because they wanted to. And not yeah, that does sound like a bummer. But, but not even because they wanted to, just because like they ran out of material. But like it was just one of the writers was like the way I'm looking at it right now, and this might be totally wrong. One of the writers wasn't pulling their weight, and the other writer left, and so the writer who was who was like, all right, well, I can't write anything, so I'm done. And well, that I, sucks. I mean, <laughs> the Wikipedia article says that the two the two creators of the show left to go do other stuff. I feel like they were done with this show. Even though it got renewed, they were like, we don't have a sixth season of stuff to do for this show. Well, yeah, like, they, they they wanted to do other things, and so they didn't have any... They were like, all right, I, like, I don't know, like, they could have gotten other writers to write for the show, see how that worked out, maybe at least, like, finalize, finalize the current storylines that were running. Um, I like, I, I, like, it is a comedy show, so there's not really much that I can, like, ask for them to have done in a comedy show, but, like, like Janet was starting to explore her sexuality, and she, she, she might have been bi or lesbian, and so, like, they could have expanded on that, and Jung was starting to become an actual businessman, and 
the relationship that he was building up for most of the five seasons had just ended at the at near the end of that episode. And so, like, how is he going to relapse from that? Is he going to go back into his old ways or whatever? Like, and and then like even some of the ancillary characters with Kimchi, Jung's best friend, and, and like Jung's now ex girlfriend. Like, there's so many characters and, and storylines they could have fed into, and and like just written stuff for while also having a good time. And it's like they kind of, it's like they threw out gold here. Yeah, that is a bummer. It kind of sounds like what happened with Game of Thrones, where the two guy, the two like showrunners, like got all those deals from like Netflix and Star Wars, and they're just like, "Yeah, we're just gonna fuck up the last season. Who cares?" <laughs> yeah. Well, they also ran out of source material, so they had. Yeah, to... but they ran out of source material like three seasons before, and they were doing okay. I mean, those three seasons were rough. Uh, no, the second to last season wasn't bad. It was the last season that was the worst. I, I also didn't think the last season was as bad as everyone else thinks it was. I thought it ended pretty decent. I did not. I didn't. I don't think it ended decently. I, the rest of the season was fine. But that's that's me. Yeah. Uh, um. But anyway, I thought instead of like doing predictions or anything like that, that just takes too long. What are our expectations or hopes that we'll we'll see at E3? Uh, Drew, do you, do you have anything? Well, I, I mean, my expectations are kind of pretty low this year. Valid. <laughs> not being, uh, I guess your standard E3 kind of presentation. Um. But but I put two things down that I'm half hoping, half expecting. Um, one, the more I feel obvious choice is that we'll see something about Starfield. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and possibly get a release date for that. Like I don't know what the fuck else Bethesda's showing off. <laughs> yeah, but the bummer thing is it's gonna be an Xbox exclusive. So like, I mean, I've got a you, PC that should. Run yeah, it. you've got a PC that should <laughs> run it. I don't. Um, which is the bummer part for me, at least. And, like, I, I really want to see something for that. Like, they, they, the, all they've had is a teaser. And this has been a game that's, like, been in the making for, like, seven years or something like that. It's been in the making since before Fallout 4, I believe. Now, if they showed that off, and it looked amazing, and it was coming out Q1 next year, would you just jump on the PC bandwagon and get yourself that PC you've been kind of, like, batting around for a while? I, I would, I, I would... I would more than likely work on getting it sooner. Like it, 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 dep- it really depends on when it comes out. Like if they were to turn around and say it comes out in September, then yeah, I would like, I would definitely just get that PC right away. But if they're going to say like, Oh, this game doesn't come out till June next year, then it's like, all right, I've got time to get a PC. Let's, uh, let's, let's see how my streaming goes before I determine how fast and how hard of a PC I need to get. I mean, you need to get the hardest PC. Exactly. Like it needs to be diamond crusted. Yeah, I mean, it it doesn't need to be made of wet spaghetti. So, like, it'll it'll oh, be God. it'll be it'll be a pretty hard PC, not diamond. Diamonds are actually kind of soft, aren't they? Isn't it? No, no diamonds are the no, what is one of the like, hardest things. What it, what was yeah? What was there's a material? There's like a gem, I think, that's like you would think is hard, but it's actually kind of soft. Or, gold? gold. Yeah, I was gold. Say gold is that's, that's gold. it. Yeah, gold is very <laughs> soft. Yeah, like, gold has a very low melting point and stuff mm-hmm. like that compared to, like, every other metal. Yeah, I mean, that's, you can eat gold. You can't really process it, but you can eat it. Oh, uh, yeah, that's, I mean, they do uh, put gold shavings in things. It's yeah, not no, good for you, you, but they do it. I mean, it's not good for you in a sense that you just poop it out. Um, Like, your body does not process it, so it is just waste. That, I mean, that's valid. Yeah. Um, A lot of times, too, the, the stuff that they put in food isn't real gold. It's, like, gold colored stuff basically mm-hmm. yeah i mean it depends on the place 
and we're like, yeah, mostly depends on how fancy the place is. Like, if the thing you're eating is less than like $150 and it's dusted in gold, it's not real. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Drew, um, was that two things or was Starfield and a release date just one thing? Starfield and a release date was just one. Okay, so what was your other? Uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> uh, that, that, that's the more hope thing. I, I wouldn't be shocked if we hear something about it. Actually, that you're you're actually probably right there. Like Square Enix has a thing on Sunday. They don't have a lot of things to talk about that I can think of. So like that would be the big one to at least be like, here's the teaser for it or something like that. Yeah, See, I I don't think they're gonna do that because Integrate comes out tomorrow. So, okay, that and, means that's done. But they also they also. <laughs> have just dropped a recent expansion for 14, so they're going to have a timeline for release stuff for 14. Oh, they definitely. Have, they have Final Fantasy 16 in the works. They have that unnamed title, I can't remember the project, uh, that, that they have stuff for, I'm sure. Like, uh-huh. there are things, plus Avengers and a potential um, uh, roadmap for Avengers drops and, 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 and things like that. Like, there are a lot more things for Square Enix than you think. No, they definitely have a lot of a lot of things, but if they're trying to keep the pace of like your normal um like one more thing, like big announcement at the end, mm-hmm. Final Fantasy Seven Remake Part Two as just like a even if it's just a teaser of like them walking up to Fort Condor or to Junyun or something like that. Mm-hmm. Where it's like ten it's seconds fucking, and then a the logo. Zalem shows up. Yeah. If it's <laughs> if it's just ten seconds and a logo like Bethesda did two years ago for um Elder Scrolls Scroll 6, then, like, I totally see them doing that. I don't think we're going to get a date. I don't think we're going to see gameplay, but I, I I, don't think that's that far off. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't be shocked if we got, like, a 2022, but no, like, set date in 2022. And then that 2022 became, like, 2027, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I think they're, like, uh, they have an engine now. Like, that's true theoretically the next part should come at a and, better pace and i mean like they i mean what they announced the stuff the integrate stuff not that long ago no and that's, that's, that's already true. coming and, out and seven has been out for close to a year at this point right over over a year. year it was april of last year yeah march march fuck it came out so, on my like, birthday like, last year and like i'm not i'm pretty sure i'm not saying we're not gonna get it i'm just saying i i don't fully ex- i like i agree with hopes but I, I don't well, agree with it an ex- with that as an expectation. It was supposed to come out in March and then got moved back a month, like mm-hmm. in February. That's what happened. And Rich, to be fair, like I agree with the, what you said too. Like they're going to show that project game from the Octopath Studio. Oh, I forgot about that. That wasn't even what I was talking about. What the fuck were you talking about then? The- yeah, what the fuck were you talking about? Then? <laughs> I I can't remember. Or did you forget that that? game was from the octopath no there's uh uh there's another i swear not project triangle strategy but this i swear there's another game there uh, project athea for spoken project athea the fuck is that, that name sounds familiar and i don't remember it, anything it was, about it. Uh, it exactly there was they uh uh GameSpot has a youtube video from two months ago for it um they i think they announced it uh, I can't remember where they announced it. Beautiful game, Project Dathia, uh, a year ago, June eleventh, twenty twenty. Well, is uh, it's on a play? It was on a PlayStation thing, apparently. 
Uh, uh, hmm. I do remember. I remember the name more than anything. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Not. I forgot about Triangle Strategy. I totally forgot about that game. Yeah. That. Yeah. Apparently, Drew and I both thought that's what you were talking about. No. No. It's... But. But I, I do think we'll see something uh, about that game again, but not much. Like it'll just probably be like another trailer for it. Um, they'll definitely they'll have at least a few minutes devoted to Avengers. I'm sure. Um, because they did announce all that stuff a few months ago for, like, the summer. So they're going to at least, like, reiterate that stuff again, if not expand on it. And I don't know that we'll see a whole lot for Final Fantasy 16, though. 14, definitely, because like you said, an expansion just came out. I mean, they they had a teaser trailer or a full-on trailer last year. For no, no, 16. that was a... Was that... Oh, no, that was the, um... That was a Sony thing, right? I like, be- that wasn't that the Sony launch event for PS5? I believe so, yeah. That was... That was- because it's it's exclusive to PS5 or timed exclusive to PS5 with a PC release coming in the future, so it it's a PS5 game and it's a Souls esque type game. You know what? I guess maybe do we know it's supposed to be a Souls like? It, it looks to be like a Souls Soulsy type. Oh, game. I fucking hope not. Uh, I don't think it's gonna be a Souls uh, like. I mean, well, I don't think it's going to be. Yeah, no, like it's gonna be the like 15 ish but not have a party it looks like but i don't think it's going to be that like who knows though like super punishing kind of action those games are super popular right now they might go that route they might be trying to mix it up after you know like people liked 15 but there was a lot of just like hate for it out the gate um but yeah i i uh, 16 was revealed in september's ps5 event cinematic trailer revealed for the next final fantasy game final fantasy yeah so, yeah, maybe we see something small for it. I just don't... That and the Final Fantasy VII remake, I don't think we're going to see any anything major for it. I think it'll just be, like, small glimpses, if anything. Uh, we're definitely getting a roadmap, potential further roadmap, than what we already have for Avengers. Like, I'm sure we're definitely getting that, because uh, Black Panther is supposed to drop soon, if not already. I it, It's definitely it's, soon. Black Panther is summer, as far as I can... That's like what I remember them saying is Black Panther was summer. Yeah, I haven't and I haven't seen anything about Avengers in a while. So I imagine that I think they're going to spend a lot of time reiterating the roadmap from a few months ago. I don't know if they'll expand on it too much yet because so much of that content hasn't dropped yet. But we might just get like more details on all of that content, which would be nice. Uh, hold on. I'm loading up an image for it. Fucking. Uh, it was summer and beyond. We were supposed to get Cosmic Cube. Wasteland Patrols, and War for Wakanda. So we, right, we have more than half of everything, because the Red Room dropped in spring. So we have more than half. There's three more things left for them to draw, uh, with War for Wakanda ending ending this roadmap set. Yeah, and I believe that was the only, like, story DLC. Yeah, everything else was supposed to be, like, multiplayer stuff and, and raids and shit. Right, 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 right. Um, but... Rich, do, did you have anything in mind for expectations or hopes? Uh, I mean, I, I, I'm kind of, I've kind of really said them all already. Uh, um, with with Final Fantasy stuff mostly, uh, primarily 16 and Project Athea. Uh, I, I, I want, I, I hope Nintendo has a good showing of what's coming out within the next year or more. Um, I like they've had some pretty decent directs. Uh, that, like, I hope it's not all just Mario Golf, because Mario Golf comes out two weeks after this. <laughs> it's like, definitely going to be a big chunk. That it, and probably the final Smash Brother fighters. Uh, yeah, oh, I think there's two more right. fighters, and that's it. 
So if if they were to announce the, these fighters, it would be during E3. Um, but yeah, I, uh, information on the Switch Pro. Uh, I'm totally expecting to get something like that. That's the big expectation. Like that's been mm-hmm. floating around a lot the last but, like week or two. But like like as far as hopes, it's hopes that Nintendo has a good showing, something that like keeps me going, and hopes that maybe Capcom tells us more of their roadmap for rise beyond just collab content and which events. is possible because they have it the capcom has some sort of event going on yeah I, but at, like at the same time i don't i don't have high expectations that that i feel like they are done with rise and they're bringing rise back to how they did the original monster hunter games before world where everything from here on out is just event quests fighting the same monsters to get a specific item to make like a collab armor and you're not even always guaranteed to get that item. I, I remember... And that's a bummer. I remember there was one quest I ran a million times. Not a million times, but like maybe 25 times to get a piece to make like Link's sword or something like that in one of the DS Monster Hunter games. Like I needed that to make a really good set, but I couldn't because I played this fight 30 times in one day. And like every day I would play it at least four or five times just never dropped so it's i i don't look forward to rise and monster hunter being that and like i hope to not hear that they're releasing new monsters as paid dlc in monster hunter. that would actually be really shitty uh, apparently they they asked the, the uh, that question uh on a survey that i couldn't find to say no fuck that like i get that but like when your previous business model was generally a oh yeah sure like here here's your content to then be like oh no you have to pay for this monster now see and that's the problem is there are there's a lot of cosmetic dlc paid shit in that game they have so much paid cosmetic dlc that people will pay for that like it doesn't make sense it doesn't make sense for them to then turn around and say well if you want to fight this monster give me five bucks like they're they're already making money on this game as like I'm sure they made a decent amount of money for the game before, like, before even thinking about having this DLC shit. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're probably right there. Yeah. But, yeah, it's... Uh, I, I try to keep my hopes and expectations for E3 kind of minimal, just because I'm I'm not a fan of seeing something that doesn't come out for four years. Which, I mean, at this point, nobody is. Like, everybody's kind of like... Mm-hmm. Like, at E3, like, show us the things coming out this year, yeah. or, like, early next year. And, and that's, that's, that's like, a big problem that I've seen with games media. Like, and look at, like, I've made this comment and this joke and this frustration a million times. Guess what I expect to see? Fucking Deathloop. I ex- even though PlayStation, do- <laughs> PlayStation doesn't have a press conference, we're gonna fucking see Deathloop. That's it. I know we're gonna see Deathloop. Bethesda has a conference, though. There you go. We're gonna see <laughs> Deathloop. Dude. How funny would it be if they if the Microsoft Bethesda showcase has fucking Deathloop Death in it? <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. I really wouldn't be surprised. Like that. Like that would actually be hilarious. And and that's my problem with like games media in general. But like the the like the E3 conferences is like you're showing me something that's not coming out for years. Like I I've been hyped for Starfield for five fucking years and I've gotten nothing from it. And I'm tired of it. And I just want to fucking see what Starfield. Yeah, like, I like the one more thing tease of, like, the big game from, like, the big studio at the end of, like, the conference. Like, when they teased, like, the Halo a few, like, like this was, like, for, like, Halo 4, I want to say it was the tease for. 
and like stuff like that where it's just like okay no that's awesome like we know that there's going to be another halo even though bungie's gone yeah but we don't need to get that same tease for that same game for like six years in a row yeah like tease it once if that game's not going to be out next year just hold it don't show anything about it like wait until the following year to show it yeah it, like i i want i kind of hope we get information on the metroid prime trilogy for switch and for metroid prime 4 but i'm not hold putting my hopes up to that because that like had been like scrapped was it last year or the year before they completely scrapped it to rebuild from bottom so like mm-hmm. we're a while yeah. away from that exactly and like nintendo has a handful of things that like have been announced but haven't gone anywhere like yeah. Um, the, the Metroid Prime stuff. Um, oh, what was that? The, um, Bayonetta. Mm-hmm. Ba- mm-hmm. Bayonetta three, right? Three. Uh, yeah, Bayonetta three. Breath of the Wild two. Breath of the Wild two. Yeah. So like, like Nintendo has a lot of things. Like, it seems like Nintendo was doing really good for a while there, where they were like announcing stuff and it was coming out within about a year. Mm-hmm. Like most of their directs are pretty good. Like, here are things coming out this year, and then here's like two things that are like a little later. Yeah, they they um, generally like when they do their. Uh, indies, uh, nindies, or just their generic conferences, their directs. It's like, what's coming out within the next six to ten months? And maybe something else next year. They, like, yeah, but- they, they even straight up say it in like the descriptions and in the, the social media posts. It's like, this is coming up by the end of the year. Yeah. And then you have their like big flag, like tentpole flagship series. Like, I mean, and honestly, like we say that stuff, but like Metroid games don't sell that well. Bayonetta games don't sell that well. Like they're 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 not Animal Crossing, they're not Pokemon. Like they're they're making them, but like they're not going to be these amazing selling games. But to us, like they sound like they're like major franchises. Mm-hmm. But like they announced them five years ago, and like they're still just nothing. Yeah. Um. Well, I guess the the thing that that I expect is Microsoft is going to show off a ton of games because. Last actual E3 is when they announced all of those studio acquisitions mm-hmm. they had. Um, we didn't have an E3 last year. They didn't really, like, they showed a lot of stuff at that, like, summer game thing they did last year. But also, like, we didn't really get a lot of detail on stuff. So mm-hmm. I expect, like, this year is going to be, like, here's a game from Ninja Theory. Here's a game from this studio and this studio and that studio. We're going to get, we're obviously going to get details about Halo I wouldn't be surprised if they tease something for a Gears of War, whether it's like a proper Gears or just like something else. Yeah. Um, what I really hope for, though, is I want them to do... I, I want to get actual information on the Fable game. Yeah. Sure. Like, I don't expect a, a release date, because with what they showed last summer, I feel like that game is so early in development that it's still a ways away. But I just want to, like, know a little bit about it. Yeah, yeah. It, it, like, we, what, we just got a teaser last year. That was it, right? Yeah, it was literally just it. It was like a fairy tale kind of like setup mm-hmm. with like the the British like voiceover, and then like a fairy flying around, and then it got like snatched out of the air by like a, a, a some sort of like carnivorous plant. Yeah, it's they they would be fools to not give us more fable. Like people fucking love the fable games. They would be stupid to not give us more of that. But again, I am afraid that that's going to be something that like we're still not getting for another. I like. I think based on just the lack of exclusives that Microsoft has that they're going that they want to try and get that game out like next year but like mm-hmm. that'll probably get pushed to 2023. Yeah. But I just kind of want to know what they're doing with it because it's a, it's a new studio. Well, it's not a new studio, it's Playground it's Games a, if I remember. It's a new studio to Fable. Yeah, that's what I meant though. Like 
Cause it is playground, right? I'm not making that up. Yeah, yeah. It's the the Forza Horizon. Forza Horizon theme. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Playground Games is doing it. Like very good studio, but they make racing games. They make very pretty racing games, and they make amazing environments. But like, I just want to know like what direction they're going in it. Like Peter Molyneux is not involved. Like this is like this is their own thing now. Yeah. And I, you know, it's just maybe we'll find out on Sunday. Maybe we won't. Either way, like I expect there to be at least a a lot of Xbox first party announcements. Oh yeah, for sure. It's the it, it I yeah it would it wouldn't make sense if they did. Yeah, they they bought too many studios to go along with their existing ones. Plus Bethesda, yeah. like like they're gonna have a they, like they they need to get games out on their console. Yeah. That's and that's mm-hmm. the funny thing is with all these con- with all these studios that they did buy and their lack of exclusivity, it's just like. Come on, what's going on? Yeah, I mean, look, Sony's not much better. They they only have two PlayStation Five exclusives. Yeah, mm-hmm. like in what is it? it? Been eight months or something like that? Like that's not a great track record. No. Um, that actually is a perfect segue for the question I had for you guys. Oh okay. boy. So I don't know if either of you have really been seeing this, but there's a ton of people kind of like on both sides arguing about cross gen. So. It was just recently um, conf- confirmed that God of War Ragnarok is going to be cross-gen. It's going to be PS4 and PS5. And we already knew that um, Horizon Forbidden West was also PS4 and PS5. And, like, people are just, like, there. there is a, a section of people that are disgruntled about that. Um, and there's other people that just don't care because it's like, all right, well, it's games for everybody. So what do you guys think about this generation where these first party studios are still sticking to we're we're supporting last gen we're not pushing our games to the limit early on i i support it 100% i support i i bought my ps5 as an upgrade for my ps4 i didn't buy the ps5 to be a ps i bought my ps5 to play final fantasy 7 remake better than my ps4 did because i did not have a ps4 pro i generally don't get the upgraded consoles. I just wait till the next one. And so for them to turn around and say, well, we're going to make the games for the PS4 and PS5, that's how it should always have been fucking done. Like, that, that oh. that's my opinion, at least. Like, if you're going to, like, you should support everyone. You should make your game for the weaker system and then upgrade it for the better. Like, make it so that everyone can play it, but some people can play it better. So... I don't totally agree with that, but Drew, like, uh, what do you say? Uh, no, I was going to say I also disagree with the last point that that's how it should have been always been being done. Um, I mean, this generation, it's easier for that to be done because really, once Sony and Microsoft kind of changed over to more PC-like hardware, or at the at least when Sony changed over to more PC-like hardware, because the 360 PC-like, uh, as far as the system architecture um it definitely was easier for pc stuff to come over but like right now i understand stuff still coming out on the old gen systems because the as well as the next gen stuff systems have sold they're not in enough customers hands especially compared to how well the ps4 and xbox one like of course for a little while they're going make the game to get as many people to be able to buy them so yeah I, like i'm indifferent as long as as long as the f- modern console version does not really get hampered 
by the fact that they're gen version. Yeah, and that's sort of that was sort of my thinking. Like, especially with like Rich with with your last point about like them developing for last gen, but optimizing for for new gen. Basically, like that just seems like a like a it seems like a way that it could hamper things on the next gen from actually being any better. Um, yeah, but if you go the other way, you have uh, uh, Cyberpunk. I mean, you're not wrong. Uh, it's just, it's weird, like, this is the first generation where first-party games are being pushed back, like, cross-gen like this. Like, usually it was, like, your sports games were cross-gen, your Call of Duty, and, like, Assassin's Creed. Yeah, I, yeah, and, like, they, they, I, they did that when it came to Assassin's Creed. Like, they did it well, and, like, they're, they're doing it in this generation as well. Like, you pay the extra money, if you get it, the older version, you pay a little bit more and you get the upgraded version, and, and I did that. With Assassin's Creed Black Flag. But then I never ended up playing Black Flag on my PS4 because I beat it on my PS3. Um, well, like, so that's a little different. Like, the stuff that came out right before the PS4, Xbox One came out, that then got the next-gen port over for the, like, 5 or $10 fee, like, that's different than games a, a year and up to a year and a half later coming out on both yeah when i say when i said like that's how it should have always been i i didn't mean like a ps4 game that came out last year should have still been able to be played on ps3 but like games right now for at least the first year to two should be cross-gen like like you said drew like there's not not people aren't not as many people are going to be able to get the next gen console especially now because of all the fucking scalpers and I think this this particular generation is definitely different because of how unavailable these consoles are. Mm-hmm. But you have well, to f- and again. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Um, so I was just gonna say you have to figure like these games have been in development since before they knew what that was going to look like. Uh huh. And they had to have been in development for both consoles from the start. So like this was not a. We don't have the 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 hardware to actually get in people's hands, so let's just keep these on the old ones. This is like, no, we're just gonna keep making it for the old system and let it release on the new one too. And like for the first like six months to a year, like sure, like if you have like a big first party game, like let it be on both consoles. But also like you need stuff that makes the new console worth getting too. Like if if God of War doesn't come out till next year, twenty twenty two, and we don't even know when next year. Um, like, why, why have a PS5 before then? Like, you know what I mean? Like, if, if there's nothing worth buying on it, why even buy it? Like, they're, I feel like Sony is actually hurting themselves a little bit. And, and, and that, like, Microsoft's doing the same thing, though. They, they are. Microsoft they are. committed to doing but, the same, like, Halo Infinite's coming out on the Xbox One. And, and yeah, and I mean, Microsoft actually said up front that, like, for the first at least year, there would be no Xbox Series X exclusives. Right. And that like kind of goes in line with my first point of I get this as an upgrade. I don't get it specifically to be a new console. I get it because I don't get the upgraded consoles mid-generate. I got my PS4 because I didn't get a PS3 Pro or whatever. I got a PS5 because I didn't have a PS4 Pro. If I'd gotten a PS4 Pro, I probably would have waited for the But so this was last gen was really the first one that had like a legitimate like upgrade in the middle like the PS3 didn't have like an upgrade. Honestly, it had a downgrade because every new every new iteration of that had less capability. Like it had a bigger hard drive, but it played less fucking games because they kept cutting backwards compatibility out of it. 
Yeah. And same thing with the Xbox. Like the only thing that the the, the Elite Series Xbox got was an HDMI port and a bigger and, and a bigger, bigger hard, hard drive. drive. Yeah. Um. Whereas like this past generation, it's like okay, yeah, three years in, we're going to release these like mid generation consoles that were overpriced because they really weren't that much better. But it's like, do why buy? And like, I'm actually I'm just to to say this, I didn't. I'm fine with the games being on both consoles. But, like, why have games for the first two years of a five- to six-year cycle be available both places? Like, you're just kind of telling people, it's like, oh, yeah, like, that PS5 is not really worth it until the third year. And then we're going to replace it in two more years. I mean, I'm going to bet some of this was not exactly my plan. <laughs> like, I'm going to go out on a limb and say COVID probably changed some stuff with that and the... uh chip shortages have changed some stuff with that i mean that's fair. where i don't 100 percent know that i mean microsoft got out in front but also that was only kind of months before this thing came out saying that hey the first year it's gonna be cross-gen and like we're already starting to see games be announced that they are cross-gen but there are big differences in the generation yeah what was it battlefield today it's yeah 100 like battlefield how many 128 on next gen and PC and 64 players on the last gen. Also, you know, things like ray tracing are going to be on the modern version and maybe some limited version of advanced effects on the older console. And, and I seem to remember, I, I can't remember what game or what it was, but PS3 to PS4 era, there was a game that came out for both systems but they couldn't get like the menu storage system to work on the PS3, so they had to just completely change it and limit how much stuff you can store in your storage on the PS3 than you could on the PS4. I can't. So I don't. I don't remember that one in particular, but I remember Ghostbusters. The game on PS3 was like a a modern PS3 game. Um, Ghostbusters on the PS2 because it was it was it came out. Several years after the PS3, but it was still when PS2 games were being released, was a very, very limited game compared. Like, it, it was totally different well, graphics, different gameplay, everything. And so, this goes back to what I was going to say just a moment ago, is, like, these the difference between the PS4 and PS5 and the Xbox One, the Xbox Series X, are not that different, especially when compared to, like, the difference between a PS3 and a PS2. That's true. Or even the PS, even the PS3 and the PS4, like that the fucking cell the, processor. Yeah, like the architecture, it, like they're basically like just upgraded PCs. Up, they've upgraded the video card and the the CPU on their PC. Yeah, yeah. But like, I think I think we still are going to end up running into these games that they're not going to be as broken as Cyberpunk. But when these devs are having to make two different versions of the game with different capabilities, things are going to be broken. Like, Battlefield's a good example because, like, they've they've basically told you, like, okay, well, this game has this many players, this game has this many. Mm-hmm. Like, there's going to be other things that end up just not working right when that game launches. Well, I do think it's probably generally easier this time around for the devs to start a game as a PS5 game and then roll it back to make it run on a PS4. That's possible. I think, and honestly, they can probably make it run on a PS4 Pro. Like, running on, like, the base PS4 might be a stretch. Because, <laughs> I mean, like, 
late gen PS4 games didn't really run all that well on sure. base PS4s. Uh-huh. But yeah, I don't know. Like I think it's fine like games are for people to play. So like the more people that can play yeah. them the better. But like I just don't want to see these newer games either be kind of held back because they they're developing them on PS4 first or either of them come out completely just fucking broken like Cyberpunk because they were stretched between two different platforms that just weren't quite similar enough. Like we might think they're similar like looking at it but like from a dev standpoint mm-hmm. maybe there is actually a big difference between even totally. just between the solid state stuff. Like I don't know if you guys remember, like, one of the big things from, like, one of those Cerny interviews early on about the solid state drives was because it's so much faster storage, games can theoretically be smaller because they don't have to duplicate certain things anymore. Uh Those things can just be read right from the disk rather than having to have, like, a tree a hundred times on the hard drive because it has to be available in, like, every sector of the hard drive. It's like, well, we just need one tree that looks like that tree. Yeah. Um, If the games are coming out on both consoles, though... They're just going to have a hundred copies of that tree. The PS5 version is just going to be 4K, and it's going to be a hundred extra gigs. Yeah, it's and like yeah, I, I like I don't I don't really know much in the techie side. Like I get what you're saying, and that's been explained to me a gazillion times. And like it it could if if that if that were to be an issue, they could go into the process of just doing that. Like that data storage for the two separate systems, or just optimizing the data storage better for both together. Yeah, and I think honestly, the whatever generation comes after this one, like whether it's a real generation or it's like some sort of weird cloud gaming thing, I think like going forward where everything will likely be solid state, they'll be able to optimize yeah. that stuff so much better. Yeah. But like right now, like they there's not a way to optimize it because you have it's either limit how many objects are on the the previous generation and those things will have just terrible draw in or just load them up the way that you always would and the current gen versions are just going to be abnormally large which sucks because both those consoles don't have a whole lot of storage space yeah, for how I, big these games are I've, I've already gone through and had to delete stuff multiple times yeah, no, uh, so have I. But, like, I I also have the Division 2 on my fucking PS5, so... That's... Yeah, and, like, stuff like that ends up being very large for yeah. no good reason. But it's because it's a PS4 game, and it wasn't optimized to run on a solid state, where, like, yeah. a lot but, of that stuff could probably be much smaller. But also, like, PCs have been have had solid state drives for forever. Like, Monster Hunter World ran fine on a PC with a solid state drive. Like, an updated PC with all the all the good tech and everything and shit like that. Like, like they've, they, they've been able to work on PCs. I just, I don't know the, 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 the file size for Monster Hunter World on PC though. So I don't know if it's, it's probably fairly large because it definitely wasn't optimized for like solid state drives because you can't do that because not everybody with a PC that they're going to play it has a solid state drive PC, Honestly, like the fact that developers can make a game to play on PC, like, consistently well <laughs> is a fucking miracle mm-hmm. because like i mean they're they're de- they're designing and developing the game on pc to begin with but like everybody's pc is different even if you mm-hmm. have the exact same parts your computer is different something about it is going to run different than the person next to you yeah um like maybe your your memory gets read differently maybe you have an extra app running in the background that's just using a little bit more processors there's so many things and the fact that like 
they can make a game where you can open that game settings and be like, I want my visuals to be all the way fucking up and have it work is just a, it's a fucking miracle. Mm -hmm. It's magic. Yeah. Uh, Monster Hunter World is 48 gigs on Steam. And that's just the base game. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. Iceborne is, uh, that says 48 gigs as well. So maybe 90 gigs? No. It's, it's, it's probably. I mean, on Steam, they they probably combine them both because crossplay with people who have World with Iceborne. If you don't, and so they you they it has to hold the storage okay. of all the armor and shit. Yeah, so then it would make sense then, yeah, that it's forty eight gigs sounds. And actually, I don't think the console version of Monster Hunter was all that large. Like it wasn't like it's it's not like Call of Duty large. Oh God, nothing's Call of Duty large. Elder Scrolls Online is close. Is it? Yeah, because when I installed it on my Xbox, um, it took up a lot of space. Uh, I'm seeing if I can find it. 16 gigs on PS4 for Monster Hunter World. 16? Yeah, 1.6. Wow. For the base version of Monster Hunter World. That's still incredible. Yeah. Uh, Um, Which which brings the question as to why the fucking load screens are so goddamn long. Elder Scrolls Online on Xbox, 108 gigs. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Yeah. ESO is huge, man. Yeah, there's a lot of expansions and shit for that. And it's all available to you as soon as you start. You don't have to, like... Mm. Get, like, you can go right to the end from there because the world, like, levels to you and shit like that. Or the enemies level to you. So, like, if a high-level en- player comes close to you, they can kill your level 2 enemy that you're fighting at the end of the Crazy how they do. And so, I think... The Monster Hunter World on Game Pass is also Iceborne. Hmm. That is 54 gigs. Okay. So, just to give you an idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think that is probably a show, unless you guys have anything else. No, I don't think I've got anything else. Drew, anything? Nope. Right. Well, Do we want to ask a question to the listeners? I don't have a question, but I wanted to just remind everybody, if you want to take part in what topics we discuss go check out patreon.com slash one quest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have any questions though. Um, but if anybody had actually, if anybody has any, any guesses for any of the, the stuff that's going to be at E3, um, send it our way. So it's Facebook, Twitter, email, social at one dash quest.com. Yeah, that works. Yeah. That's what I was about to say. E3 slash summer game fest prediction. Let's hear them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that'll do it then. Um, next week it'll, it is E3. It's the, it's the Electronic Entertainment Expo. That's why there's three E's in it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys knew that or not. I thought there, I I thought there were only four E's in it. It's called E3. Where the fuck have you been, dude? <laughs> Wait, actually, I guess there, I, there's more there's than five, just three E's. There's five E's in it. So, yeah, no. Fuck. <laughs> I just did. I just spelled it out in my head. There's five E's in it. I think there's, there's more than that, isn't there? No, there's five. Yeah, there's five. There's two in Electronic, two in Entertainment, and one in Expo. Yeah, I just had to type it out. What's this is a dumb question, and I'm just drawing a complete fucking blank. What is the full word for expo? Expo. Uh, uh. Like that means, isn't it? That's a shortened word, isn't it? Oh shit! Apparently, nope. E3 is a oh. different name now. It is the Electronic Entertainment Experience. I th- think that's just for this year. No, it probably but... is. Uh, no. Uh, is expo, expo just the word? Yeah. Huh. I really thought that was some sort of like contraction or something but if you like google the actual like or not google if you look up the actual definition it's a world's fair or any international exhibition 
exposition or any exhibition or show. Fucking word. So either way, even if even if we use exhibition, it still only has one e in it. So we're good. Yeah. So five e's. It's all right, everybody. E five penta e. I think that's a miss. You did not sink my battleship. (laughs) Shit. Better luck next time. Um. But yeah, so next next week, um, or, or this weekend starts E3, so we were talking about it beforehand. We're going to actually split the episode in two. We're going to do an episode covering sort of the weekend stuff, the Microsoft Bethesda Square section of it, and then we're going to do a separate episode later in the week um, covering Nintendo, Capcom, any of the the sort of like midweek press events. Um, and then probably next week we'll talk about, what was that thing that you're talking about, Drew? Uh, the Summer Games yeah. Fest. It's Jeff Keighley's thing. So probably uh, in a couple of weeks we might talk about Summer Games Fest. Yeah, because that, that's a very long sort of thing. It's a lot of, like, Jeff Keighley doing interviews with people, which is interesting. Well, their, like, opening thing is tomorrow. Where oh, I think shit, any is of it the really? Big announcement, yeah, where I think any of the big announcements will happen. And Weezer is playing? Of yeah. course they are. Why the fuck not, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, well... I, I guess I will be watching um, Jeff Keighley tomorrow. I did not realize that was tomorrow. Jesus. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, if you'd like to find more of our content, you can head over to www.one-quest.com. You can also help us out, like I said a few times already, by supporting us at patreon.com slash onequest. If you can't support us there with dollars, though, you can go to your favorite podcast platform, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon, Review us, rate us, subscribe to us. Those things all help a whole bunch. There's like an algorithm and shit back there. Uh, you can also find us on social media, facebook.com slash onequestonline or at one underscore quest on Instagram and Twitter. Our YouTube channel is youtube.com slash onequestvideo. And you can always send us an email to social at one-quest.com. Uh, Rich, do you want to plug your, your Twitch account real quick? Oh, uh, yes. Uh, Twitch.tv slash B underscore walnuts, I believe is what it is. Hold on. I was not ready for God, this. You don't even fucking know it. Uh, Wait, you, yeah, did, yeah, you yeah. didn't know our Patreon last week. You don't know your own Twitch this week. I, I wasn't even thinking about it. Yeah, it's uh, Twitch.tv slash B underscore walnuts. I try to uh, stream weekly or uh, uh, th- on the weekdays around 7, 8 o'clock. Weekends, I try to do afternoon streams, usually on Sundays. Um, check us out today when you're listening. If you're listening to the show as it release tonight, I will be playing Division with a couple of buddies. We will have voice chat on. I made sure it was okay with them. So who knows what silly antics we're going to get into while playing? Yeah, and um, links for that will probably be on like our our socials, so you can mm-hmm. always check it there if you don't feel like just typing it into your web browser. Yes. Um, and yeah, I guess actually you're going to be playing that tonight, so it'll be a vod tomorrow. Oh, uh, well, it'll for. Uh, tonight, as I'm as we're wrapping up right now, I'm going to be playing uh, No Man's Sky. Tomorrow, Thursday, as this releases t- today, I will be playing Division Time, man. It's crazy. Okay, cool. Look, I did not realize you were actually on the ball for that one since you didn't know your own Twitch handle. <laughs> no, yeah, I put out a schedule for the rest of this week on my Instagram at B underscore one at zero zero six. Um... If you want to follow me to see when I'm on it, cool. And yeah, if it, I don't, I don't understand how Instagram works, or I would share that. If you want to log into the to the OneQuest one and share it, like fucking go for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I tried to share your one yesterday and could not figure it out. Instagram's weird. We'll talk about it after we wrap up. All right, cool. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back next week with something else to talk about. Bye. See you. Bye.